The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey guys, welcome back. It's another Panther Rants podcast with Lot Harris, your fearless leader. Uh, not really. Anyways, it's Thursday. One more day till Friday. March is almost here. So let's get into it. Well, well, obviously, in the case of Pitt, well, something's happened. Um, for, let's start off with the good news, because I, don't, I really don't feel like um, setting the tone for the podcast to be negative as hell, but, you know, Charlie Partridge, as you know, when I recorded my last podcast, I said... Probably by the time this podcast is over, don't you know something will happen? Some decision will be made, and it was. Well, my, well, Bama went with somebody else. So Charlie's here for the time being. Obviously, he's happy here, and um, naturally, you don't. You know, I'm sure he loves coaching a pit. He loves the job. I'm glad he does. But if Bama comes calling, that's big time. That's you know right now currently that's the big time as far as college athletics go. So when you're called, you gotta go at least talk to them, even if you're not interested. I mean, you gotta just keep a you know at least build up a little connection there in terms of networking. But he's here to stay for now, at least. Hopefully, at least this season, and all is well. And um, we can move on to spring football. Obviously, there was some hot news last night where Aliquippa voted its uh, football coach out that, that I won't bother to pronounce his name because it's oh, that's very European I guess you can say maybe Slovakian maybe Polish I don't know German but he was a very successful coach Aliquippa and they voted him out And supposedly there's some, uh, you know, a lot of back and forth of what the real reason why he got, you know, he was voted out. One side said he didn't win enough. He had really good teams. They won Whipfield titles, but not enough state titles. The other side of it is he didn't seem to care too much about the students. 
in terms of colleges, gaming, gaming the college. And maybe he didn't get, you know, he didn't, um, he didn't, you know, do enough to get them in the, you know, in the college, maybe, or at least get their, get their names out there, get their, get their videotape out there. Because if you think about it, you know, Darrell Rivas was unknown up until I believe it was the state title game where he scored like five touchdowns. After that, he uh, he ended up a pit. So I mean, he didn't he didn't attend any camps or anything like a lot of players do. He was just unheard of. And I think if he had attended some camps and maybe had his name out there more, he probably doesn't end up at Pitt. But he did, thank God, it worked out for us. And as uh, one of his former players tweeted uh, yesterday, Quantel Reigns, he said with the new coach, Pitt may end up getting more players from the Quip years to come because obviously there's some lot there's maybe there was a lot more players that are really good that could have went to college and just didn't happen. I don't know. It's not my place to speak. But um now we get that all the way. Charlie staying. Alequip is a hot mess. Let's get into another hot mess. Let's go to pit basketball. They uh, dropped it, um, a game that they uh, could have won because, you know, Lake was a beatable opponent. And I believe... it was For me, it was like watching the scene on Blue Chips. It was early in the movie where Nick Nolte was trying to coach his players telling the announcer at halftime they're playing a, they're playing they're playing a hell of a game and he don't give a f what what people think and then as the game went on they just started losing and he was like just had this whole sunken feeling about himself that's kind of like what happened when I watched Kevin Stallings because the guy took his coat off and he was just all pumped up trying to coach the hell out of this game fight first players I don't know I'm not sure if he took his coat off any time this year, but you don't wait till, excuse my language, I was about to curse, you don't wait till freaking Wake Forest to start pulling this crap. He should have been doing it at all, he should have been doing it the whole entire ACC. Motivate them, do something with these kids. At least keep their, at least keep their freaking spirits up. I mean, their spirits, I mean, if you look, look at them in these, uh, Videos that they do for social media, they look like their um, their spirits are high, right? So, speaking of my morning commute. I decided to take another route to work because 
the route yesterday they gave me, I usually take, they wait till the day of that, that morning to post construction signs up, which would have been nice. But they would have done it earlier, but didn't. And so the way I the way I go now that I try to take a different route to work, and of course there's a car accident. And pretty much when you drive in Houston, when it rains, you're either good for a car accident on the road. sat there and wait for, was trying to wave this person out and of course he takes his merry old time pulling out. My guess is he wants to go two, uh, three freaking lanes over. Yep. That's what this was about. He didn't just want to get on the road. He wanted to, he wanted to make his right turn and, and not and go three lanes over on his right turn. Not you know, not get on the road and you know, you know and, uh, signal over, change lanes like we normally do. Yeah, Houston, this is what they do. They don't just want to make a right hand turn. They they want to cut over four lanes when they do it. I don't got time for that stuff. And it's taking me off you know my podcast. But going back to this, you know, Stallings obviously could have fought for these kids all and been like this all year, but they just it seemed like it was like nonchalant. And all of a sudden, his ass is on the line. He wants to start acting like he give, he actually gives a shit. Excuse my language. Now I'm, now I'm mad. And I'm sure he loves Pitt and he wants to be here. But, you know, like I said before, anybody... There's a lot of people that love, love what they do. Doesn't mean they're good at it. And st- you got to get rid of them anyway. I just don't uh, think that the... Um, it's just the right right thing for him right now. And as far as Heather Light goes, who was at the Damper Dan dinner last night, and really people are saying that that speaks volumes that she's there instead of a pit, pit basketball game. To be honest with you, it wouldn't matter how good Pitt, Pitt, Pitt was or who they played. Pitt could have been ranked in the top 10 but he playing Duke in North Carolina. Heather Like was still going to be at the Dapper Dam banquet. Because that's obviously a big gala for the sports media in Pittsburgh, for all the local program, you know, for local teams, professional college. Also, Penn State has their presence there as well, as you know, the Dapper Dan has uh, has blown them on many occasions. I mean, uh, they've honored several people. I mean, I remember watching the uh, 2006 awards where uh, 
they honored Joe, they gave Joe Paterno award because he went 11 and one. And Jerome Bass obviously got on the war because you know, basically he's the boss and he, you know, they won the Super Bowl that year. So he got, you know, he got on the award. So obviously they had to, um, you're watching this and obviously Joe's talking and cracking jokes and he's loving, you know, he's living it up. And, you know, it's funny because people say Joe didn't like this kind of stuff. This wasn't about him, and you know, you know, and you watch him doing this whole Dapper Dan thing, and, and while he's doing it, you can see you can see camera shots of Chancellor Nordenberg and Jeff Long sitting down next to each other, so they were there. So you know, like I said, regardless of uh, who was going to um, how good Pitt is or who they were playing, it wouldn't have mattered. Heather Light would have still been at the Dapper Dan Banquet Award. And sticking with her, obviously this hire is going to make her break her because she could stay with Kevin Stallings and give him another year. Say, hey, you know, we got some good players coming in and obviously it's a really good, it's a big crap hole. Or she's going to say, you know what, I am, I didn't hire this clown. Say, so, you know what, get him out of here. I'm going to bring somebody else in. I, I'm just fearful who she brings in because, you know, the wrestling, you know, situation didn't go over too well. It didn't at all. It was horrible, actually. I mean, they eventually hired somebody, but a lot of people, t- you know, you, you hate for this to happen for, for pit hoops. It could, though. Obviously, with Kevin Stallings, he probably was in over his head. I think he, you know, obviously he knew this was going to be a rebuilding job. But I don't think he he knew how bad it was going to be. Right? For sure. I don't think he realized it was going to be this horrible. Yeah, you know, listen to some of his post-game comments. You can tell that the writing is on the wall. For him. But we'll see. Other other than that, the game, you know, was close. Pitt supposedly Pitt had more three point shots made than two point field goals. Which you know I still don't get that whole thing. I mean, for God's sakes, just drop to the goddamn basket. Not everything is a three-pointer, which is what I you know I can't stand about the Golden State Warriors. They can do what they do because they can do it. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of basketball players that can do what they do, and they try to do it. And it's like for all the for all the three three-point attempts you you uh, you missed, you could, they could have been, you could have just convert them with easy twos. And I'm also surprised that Wake Forest didn't uh, go inside enough because their 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 big guy Moore he was having his he was having his way with him. But anyways, enough of that because I'm I'm already starting to feel drained already just uh, talking to basketball. So we're gonna go into the last part of the segment.
and really, I'm not sure there's much to read from this, but it's a good conversation point. Uh, the Bills are trying, the Buffalo Bills are trying to trade up in the draft, at least in the top 10 in the first round, because they want to possibly get a quarterback. And are shopping Tyrod Taylor around. So I hear this. Obviously, they're, mo- they're, going- they're moving on from Nathan Peterman. I don't think they're going to cut Peterman. He's, he's still going to be on, he'll, he'll obviously be on salary and stuff. I think with the Bills, I think with the Bills, with the team they have right now, and they have a good team. If there's, but there's, if there's one thing that they lacked this past year was production on offense. Shady had a hell of a year. He had a great year. It's just, they didn't get much production on the passing game. But if you look at all their wins, they were, a lot of them were close. The only, the only blow win I think they had was the Raiders, I think. The Raiders suck. At least this year they did. And, you know, as far as they're, you know, they're pretty much near the bottom in, in offensive production, especially points scored. So, you can, it explains why the Bills made the move to go from Tyler Taylor to Nathan Peterman. I understand why they did it, but I didn't like the timing of it. It was horrible timing because the Bills were still in the middle of a playoff hunt. And you can't just... You can't pull your starting quarterback for a guy who's, for the most part, unproven, who's still trying to learn the system in the middle of the season. And he threw him in there. He threw five picks. And, of course, he got, of course, Nathan Peterman got buried pretty bad. So did Buffalo. Because there's certain people that said, that said, ooh, they benched Tyrod Taylor. He has 12, 12 TDs, five interceptions. Oh, I, or four. Oh, I wonder why. What's this about? If anybody watched that Bills playoff game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, you can see why they made the move that they made. It obviously was very telling. It's just the people that criticize the move don't really watch football. They just look at stats, which is why fantasy is kind of um, screwed up a lot of uh, football for people. Because people look at stats now more than anything else and think they're going to be all end all. Tyrod Taylor finished the year with 20, almost 2,800 yards passing, 17 touchdown passes, and six picks. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a horrible stat line. It's actually good. It's not great. If it, I mean, because here's the thing. The league now is now a thrower's league. With all the stuff, you know, you know, guys on defense really can't do anymore. It's a thrower's league. So basically any clown can pretty much throw for 3,000 yards. Whereas, you know, for me growing up, there were certain quarterbacks you knew they were going to throw for 3,000 yards. 
or you knew that they would at least throw for 250 plus in a game. And it was always like the Steve Youngs, the Joe Montanas, the Jim Everett's. Jim Everett was, you know, he had Henry Illard and Flipper Anderson to throw the football to. So you knew he was always going to put up a big stat line. You know, when Kurt Warner with the Rams, you always knew the guy was going to throw up, put up at least 300 yards and several touchdowns. But now, like I said, it's a throwers league now. And really, that's not really a good stat, stat line if you're a quarterback. If it was, you know, if it was, you know, if the league was more run game oriented like it was, it'd be a great stat line to have. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's something similar to Coral Stewart had. I believe his MVP year in 2001. I mean, he didn't uh, have a lot of touchdown passes, but he uh, completed passes and managed the game. And you know, I actually went back to, and watched that 2001 AFC Championship game between um, the Patriots and the Steelers, and. I think the biggest killer for the Steelers in that first half wasn't so much the turnovers in the second half. It was that entire first half in general. The Steelers just missed a ton of opportunities in that first half. They were missing. I mean, Cordell was missing on passes. They couldn't get the run game going. That's because the best was the you know the bus was hurt. They were trying to run him, and he just he wasn't at full speed. I mean, they did have zero away, but the thing is, if you watch that game, Patriots were, Patriots were, were blowing them up at the line. They were pretty much were t- challenging the Steelers to throw to them. And the Pats had a really good secondary. And just Cordell was just misfiring on his throws. I mean, that was really the big killer. And, you know, it was, you know, Steelers had plenty of opportunities to get back in that game. I mean, they were in, they weren't, they didn't get back in it. But to tie the game up, they had the ample opportunities, but they just never did it. And it's funny because I remember being at that game thinking they were eventually going to score and take this game over. And it just never happened. And I remember just leaving that stadium, and there was people just crying in the stadium. They were really upset over that game. But then what, uh, but then when New England came back the next time in 2004, 2005, well, I mean, I, I knew they were, I, a lot of people said the Steelers were going to win that game because of how the, the game was, how, you know, because the Steelers won weeks and weeks ago. Well, that, that was earlier, and, and obviously the Patriots had more game feel in Roethlisberger, and then and it just fell apart again. And, of course, we got to see a video of Heinz Ward crying. And what really set the tone early in that game was when the Steelers hit, one form of fork down, and, and I think Bettis fumbled the ball. But anyways, going back to Tyron Taylor. Costello isn't bad. It just isn't great. And in the Thrower's League, you need more production out of the quarterback position. And in case the Bills had a really good team, if they would have some more production out of the, out of the quarterback... 
they're probably winning more games. And I would, I would think it would help, she, you know, Shea a good bit because it would take some wear and tear off him instead of relying on him all the time. So I can see why the Bills want to trade up to get to get a quarterback who can probably play right away and make an impact. Or they can go to frame scene and get one because Kirk Cousins is still available. But but the same with Kirk is like I said, it's a throwers league and he's put up big numbers. But I mean, he's thrown for a ton of passing yards. But if you look at the, if you look at his wooden column, though, there's just not much there. But anyways, I could be wrong as well. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll stick with Nathan Peterman. Who knows? But whatever it is, they need they need better production on the quarterback if they want to uh, win game, win more games because. They don't have a bad team. They have they've had a decent team for the last few years. It's just they haven't been able to have enough offense to win games. And I remember uh, I was driving him from Dallas one time, and I guess there the one that's what one guy talked about is how you know they they you know the Bills had a really good um, really good team, and they. Uh, all they needed, he said, was a quarterback. <laughs> he said that you know Rex Ryan came in, and just retooled everything, and screwed it up. But uh, anyways, enough rambling. I've given you enough today. Have a good weekend, Hell to Pit.